Hello, good morning, happy Easter. Thank you for listening to the podcast. It is such a, an eventful weekend for the Guglielmo family. I'm actually recording this little intro in between events on Saturday, day before Easter. We've just come from a birthday party, and we are on our way to an Easter egg hunt at the Rochester and Genesee Valley Railroad Museum. If you have a little kid, uh, they, they, they do a great job at the Railroad Museum. They're doing, like every couple months they do something like this, depending on what the holiday is. But of course, obviously today's theme is Easter, so we'll take a little train ride out into the woods. You get out, and then they've set up this little you know, Easter situation, this Easter egg hunt, and the Easter bunny is hanging out. And Leo just loves the Easter bunny for whatever reason. Like he, he... He loves Christmas because of the presents, but the Easter Bunny, the actual figure of the Easter Bunny, he likes better than Santa Claus. Like, he is all in on the Easter Bunny. This kid loves the Easter Bunny. So, we'll go do that tomorrow an Easter egg hunt at our house in the morning, and then at Grandma's house in the afternoon. So, really, just all in. Yesterday, Friday, was the Easter egg hunt at Shoots Apple Mill. My wife logged on the moment tickets went on sale for that. She said that for whatever reason, she got booted, had to go back in. There were 50 tickets on sale. She ended up getting on right at 10 o'clock. They went on sale. She got booted. She refreshed, and they were down to 20 tickets in one minute. That is how hot. I'm telling you, if you've got a thing and you want to attract people around this time of year, Easter egg hunts for toddlers are hot tickets, man. Hot take. My wife is like on the hunt for these Easter egg hunts this time of year. So that's my uh, eventful weekend. Hopefully, your boy, that being me, hopefully I get my hands on a chocolate bunny at some point here. We're definitely going no nap today. A little worried about the nap situation today. Going straight from a birthday party to the train thing. Leo will not get the opportunity to take a nap, which means we could be dealing with an unruly toddler in a few hours. Already had a little dust up at the birthday party. Oh, yeah, he got into it. Him and another little kid got scrappy. They started throwing hands, and then they tackled each other. We had to separate them and do the whole, we will go home. This is not how we act. We will leave right now. He cried for 30 seconds, and then somebody said cake, and it was over. <laughs> uh, listen, a couple of great podcasts coming up between today and between next week. Beautiful, wonderful podcast coming up. Today's Jimmy Z. Next week is Lizzie and Ronnie from Le Petit Poutine. That one's already in the can. You're going to love that interview. Uh, I, I, the only bummer is you got to wait till next week to hear it. But Jimmy Z's a great interview. You'll hear that today. Um, I, I did want to mention a lot of people now uh, are asking me about what's going on at Radio 95.1 again. I don't really know exactly what is and what is not public knowledge. I don't even know to what extent what I know is accurate. All I know is a couple of weeks ago I got two phone calls from two of my former coworkers to tell me that um, – Newman had had quit or made it apparent he no longer wanted to work on Radio 95.1 and that there was a little bit of scrambling going on. And I guess he had felt it was sprung on him, didn't like the situation he was being put in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Plus, he's an, Newman's an entrepreneur. Once you have a taste of running a business, it's really hard to work for a corporation again because corporations don't, they don't kind of, they don't have a lot of respect for the underlings of a business, right? Like the the co corporations have a tendency kind of to steer the ship in whatever direction they want and just kind of expect everyone to be on board without ever really explaining anything that they're doing. And I think he felt a little slighted by that. But I should preface this by saying I have not spoken to him. I don't know for sure. 
everything I'm telling you is hearsay. And so what I understand is now they're just kind of trying to figure out what to do there. I have no more information than that. I appreciate that you guys pumped me for info. That podcast I did a month or so ago that where I talked a little behind the scenes radio was the most listened to podcast I've ever done. Last time I checked, it had over 5,000 listens. Um, it, for me, that's the, you know, that's more than I get on a normal basis. Uh, so it, it was, I get it that you want to know, but I just don't know much. I'm sorry. I don't know much in this situation. Quibble of quick announcements before we get to Jimmy Z too. Number one, I am looking to hire somebody for Guglielmo Sauce for the summer for events. This would be festivals, things like Cornhill Festival, Lilac Festival, et cetera, et cetera. You would basically work under our 10 by 10 booth, talking to customers, giving them samples of sauce, and of course, selling sauce to the public. So if anyone's interested in that, my cell phone number is 585-350-5788. 585-350-5788. You can reach out to me directly, probably start at $17 an hour on that job. And it is very much so a part-time job, Uh, not a ton of hours. I think your max hours in a week that you're looking for, absolute maximum would be around 16 hours in a week. But many, many weeks will come in far below that. Could come in as low as anywhere between like four to 12 hours. So we're talking a super part-time job here but could use a little help on that front. Another thing my neighbor Ellie asked me to share is uh, something about a a friend of hers, Philip Schroen. I'm thinking I'm pronouncing that right. It's spelled S-C-H-R-O-N. Phil is a 36-year-old son of Ellie's friend Barbara, who she's known for about 30 years, and since he was a little boy, he was... Uh, she's known him since he was a little boy, but he was recently diagnosed with stage four colon cancer, which has now spread to his liver. So he is in need of a liver transplant and has to find his own donor. Oh, what a tough situation to be in, Phil, man. I'm thinking about you, buddy. He's already gone through chemo, radiation, all that. The criteria is uh, liver um, has to be donated by somebody between the ages of 18 and 60. Blood type may be A or O. Um doesn't matter, negative or positive, can be male or female, uh, preferably BMI under 30. So if you have any leads on that at all, it could uh, it could save a life. 585-733-4330. That's uh, Ellie. You can call her at 585-733-4330. Okay, thank you so much for your help on that. All right, like I said, next week, Lizzie and Ronnie, Petite Poutine. But first, my friend, the man, Jimmy Z. I want to I want to dive right into wrestling. Oh here, here, here. Sorry, here's the mic. I want to dive like right into wrestling, but I'm worried we're gonna lose all our listeners if I do that. I want to just go straight in. <laughs> like, 
we don't have to talk about it long. We we'll just... do 45 minutes if we start doing wrestling. We're on, by the way. You can. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. We, no. We don't have to. We can, wrestling just you know, in and There's out. Let's just you know that's what got got us here. Uh, you know, there's a lot to talk about. Though. You said that you hate Cody. What he's doing? I love what Cody's doing. We got a problem here. I don't. I love everything I about it. Okay. Get, who do you want to go first? About Your it. argument or so, my argument? First of all, let's explain what's going on here. We're talking okay. about Cody Rose, literally leaving AEW as a vice president of some kind. Yeah. Uh, as a founding member of the company. Yeah. As first thing he ever did was dethrone Triple H's. Um, Throne clearly, uh, and now he's back in the WWE. So, guy, he he is in the WWE, and he's creatively frustrated. They've got him doing this gimmick that he hates, and he is so pent up and just completely frustrated that he just says screw it, and he blows up the career, and he goes to work for this startup, this AEW, right? And he's a vice president. And he gets it off the ground, and it's him and the Bucks, and they. He did a lot in between. He left. He went to New Japan where the Bucks and where Omega and where all those guys were, the elite. Yeah. Okay. And he created the American Nightmare um, gimmick, really, the second he left WWE six years ago. Yeah. And now here he is being brought back as his character. Everything's his. This okay. is the first time I've seen Vince bring in something like this and let him completely do as... And, you know, and so he's buy, he's really buying into what Cody has built. So Cody's basically saying, I got what I wanted. Is there any chance, Jimmy, that I'm actually – I think you're getting this out of me right now. I think I'm projecting myself onto Cody and me leaving radio with some frustration and thinking and having the attitude of, like, I would never go back. Screw that. And then seeing somebody who did something kind of similar maybe and go back and me be like, oh, I would never – like, but – I, you just sold it to me. I get it. He went back. He went, left and spent six years building this thing. And now Vince McMahon basically has to buy that thing. He's like, you you know what? You win. Cody's value wouldn't be as high if he didn't try to dethrone Triple H's throne. You're right. Because that's even more shock value. That's even more yep. asses in seats. He had to leave to come back. I have never been a fan of Cody Rose mm -hmm. until WrestleMania. Jimmy, he flipped you, huh? I have never, ever been a fan, um, to be honest with you. I really haven't. Nothing I nothing about him ever appealed to me. Um, you know, he was the he was the grandson of a plumber. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, um, but nothing appealed. And I love every as a person who basically has started his my career from the ground up from nothing. Yeah. And for him to he did a Dave Grohl Dave Grohl got offered a drumming job for Tom Petty and he left it and he recorded every instrument every piece of the first Foo Fighters album himself before he even got a band yeah kind of like Boston you know the guy from Boston back in the day you know he did the same exact thing uh or at least it was I think it was him some band did the same thing but um so for him to do that and take that risk, I think Cody's the same thing over here. My dog, you know is, what I mean. My that's, dog is in love with you. That's right. Well, you know, Jimmy's over at my house, by well, the way, for we, this recording. We have, uh, you know, good he, vibes. You know. Yeah, he's like he's into you right yeah. now, man. Well, um, I, how about this? As an ode to Chris Jericho, why don't we vow to each other that at the end of this episode, we're going to come back 
to wrestling. Yeah, because we don't want to bore everybody with wrestling. And stuff. and and we'll in an ode to Chris Jericho. Why don't we end the the podcast by telling each other our favorite match of all time? Of course. Okay. Of course. All right. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> let's talk about Jimmy Z's. All right. So I've had I've interviewed you uh, honestly a dozen times, probably at least a handful of times. We've done your background. Can we do your background again? But maybe we fast forward a bit this time, get the abbreviated version because of the fact that we've had we've had the long version before. But I still think it's great for context and background. Cliff notes to hear. How does James? Oh boy, Zavosky. Oh no. No. Zivovlosky. No. Zivovlosky. Zivovlosky. Okay. No. Do you know how to spell my last name? No. Okay. No. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. How I'm dare you not know how to spell my last name? I'm so sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. So the last name is uh, Zisovsky. And Zizovsky. really, names like that are very tricky. I have been, uh, you know, I if, have. If the dog's uh, bothering you, tell no, me and I can take it all, not away. at all. So, like, this reminds me of gym class when <laughs> the teach the gym teacher would, would say everybody's last name, like, to, 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 you know, check them in class. Yeah. And I would just get a, okay, you're here. Yeah, you're here. You're here. Okay. okay. So, how does a young Jim Z... <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Decide. Jim, Jim Z honestly was the the uh, Jim. Me putting up my name as Jim Z on a group project in the hallway of seventh grade in Victor High School, is when kids started teach, teasing me and calling me Jimmy Z for the first time. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, how do you how do you go? Look, take me back in time to Brockport, uh, to to you saying, you know what, uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do a, a hot style okay. hot dogs, burgers, yeah. trash plates, and yeah. we're gonna do it in Brockport, and this is the location. Like, take All me right. back to so that day. Starts starts back in the seventies when my grandfather uh, and his partner uh, bought into the Tip Top franchise. At the time, there was like five or six Tip Tops in in, in Rochester and all over, um, and he bought into the one on Main Street. So he, um, uh, my uncle Danny, was one of the founders. Um, his brother. Um, so it's been basically, be, it's basically been you know in my family since the seventies, um, and. Then my father in the early 80s or mid 80s, he actually bought the Charbroil right down the street from here. Nice. Yeah, I love and Charbroil. in 1984, he bought it with my uncle George. Um, it was an old KFC at the time. So it had like one of those old red roofs on it. And they actually, they actually reconstructed the whole thing uh, and made it what it looked like for over 20 years before the Tet family, you know, which has done a fantastic job with the place since they bought it from my uncle in 99. Um, and, you know, if you th if you really look at it, the um, the left side of the building, looking straight at the restaurant, it still has the original wall from the original building. Because oh, awesome. Brighton, I don't know if they've changed the rules now, but Brighton back in the day, they didn't let you do a complete complete uh, demolish and construction they still have some rules this is the stretch of monroe right here that we're by where they won't let you have drive-throughs yeah. yeah so i mean and, uh, and so they had to literally knock the whole building down except for the original left side of the wall of the restaurant wall and they built on that so um and then uh six diners later you know poppy uh did his thing in the you know in the 90s trying you know trying to you know keep the diner business going for the family he started it with my uncle left the business there try to start his own and from that point on um just uh never really made it uh fully never was really ever to make it to the successes that he had here at the broil what so, was that like for you as a kid at home watching entrepreneur dad i'm ima i'm imagining it was roller coaster so it probably went through periods it's going 
great, periods where it's not going great. It's been, a, it was a lot because when you, you know, my uncle being my mom's brother and then my father, and then, you know, there was some, you know, some, some marital issues too with my, with mom and Papa Z at the time. So like it was, uh, it was honestly, when then mixed business with that. And I was six and seven years old when this was oh, all happening. Tough, yeah. So regardless of the point, uh, then in the 90s, you know, my dad did a couple restaurants in the 80s and then, you know, took a couple years off and tried it again in the 90s. And by the time the 90s was it, uh, I was old enough to do dishes, peel potatoes. Um, if I got in trouble at school, I had to peel a bag of onions, um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so um, and be stuck with that smell in my hand for over a week. Um, and uh, then uh, I... You know, Poppy gave it a shot, you know, a couple more times in the 90s. Uh, I got more familiar with the business then. I was more doing dishes and bussing tables. And, um, you know, my brother was graduating high school in 98. Uh, we had a chance to get out of the establishment that he was in in Geneseo at the time. And I I hated the business. So I was just like, you know, you know, if he, if, if, you know, my big brother was he was the line cook with Poppy. I was the dishwasher. You hated you, the restaurant business. At oh, that point? Yeah, a diner to, wow. to, to to imagine having to operate a diner style operation from 6 a.m. To, to 9 p.m. Right. Right. Listen, dude, I mean, let's get <laughs> let's get real here. Who, yeah. who would ever want to do that yeah. and deal with the same waitress that's been there for 50 years? <laughs> <laughs> She's the boss, not me. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, anyways, nothing to down it. Like, I love going to diners. It's just that wasn't me. It wasn't for me. But the passion my father had for family restaurants and diners, I did not have that same passion. So I needed to instill, if I was going to make the restaurant business work for me, which we found out uh, now after the break we had from, from Geneseo in 97 until 01 when I was like, my wheels are turning now. I'm a year out of high school. Uh, I started getting a job. I got a job at a Eastridge family restaurant, you know, working the graveyard shift. And it just, it said, well, look, this is where my grandfather was in 75. You know, this is where I am in, o, in, in 01. Like, so I really, my, you know, Poppy comes and he goes, hey, there's a turnkey operation in Williamson. We're from Irondequay. We, we live right in Culver Ridge. My parents are still there. And um, I said, I'm not doing a diner. I said, if we're going to do something, I said, we have a meat sauce recipe that I've never been able to, to, to even taste. Getting more familiar with garbage plates as I got more, you know, as a teenager. Growing up, my grandfather, he brought home burgers, but they were just burgers and hot dogs with meat sauce. You know what I mean? And they had their, they had their meat sauce too from the 70s, just like Tahoe's did. And I said, I have not been able to get that same meat sauce taste I had as I, as I had when I was a child. It's like everyone's just runnies. It, it, it's this, it's that. I said, we have a recipe. I said, and if we're going to do something, I said, we're going to do a late night plate joint. And uh, my friends kind of were influenced on that, too, because they went to Boston and they're like, you got to bring the garbage plate here. And I'm like, I'm not going to Boston, man. <laughs> you know, so the uh, and that, just, everything got the wheel. Everything all happened all within six months there. Uh, I was at MCC uh, for one year, uh, just kind of blowing time, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, that's all MCC was for me. I signed up the first day of classes because I got in an argument with my day the day with my dad <laughs> the day before, and it just happened to coincide that the, that the semester started the uh -huh. next day. I said, "That's a good way of getting him off my back. I'm going to go to school." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That semester, the only college credit I had was physical education. No kidding. And bro. I still refused to put shorts on because I'm not sweating in college. So they put me in death and dying, and I got a 98. Death and dying. <laughs> yeah. It's called death and dying. That's so the 101s awesome. kicked in in the second semester, and I was like, "All right, this is not for me." Hmm. I said, "I knew it wasn't for me. I never took SATs. I never planned on going to college. I didn't never. I didn't get a Regents diploma. I was told to go to study hall." 
before uh, global uh, the global regions. <laughs> My teacher just said, "Go to study hall. <laughs> You're not taking this thing." <laughs> Uh, you know, so um, and uh, so the one on ones kicked in. My friends were talking about plates, and Poppy's talking about a restaurant. I got this late night job going, and I said, "We got the meat sauce, man." I said, "We're good. Like, mm-hmm. let's now let's let's figure out where we're gonna put this." Mm-hmm. And um, going back to the kids te- teasing me and Victor, I despised and hated when people called me Jimmy Z when I was in seventh grade. Really, you didn't like the name Jimmy Z? No, because they were teasing me because I put a, I shortened it Z because I didn't want them to tease me about about my last name. About the real. So name, they still yeah. found a way to tease me. Those bastards. Yeah. So I despised. You it. flipped it on them, buddy. Yeah, I yeah. totally flipped it on, on, yeah. on the whole thing. I uh-huh. never acknowledged or even used Jimmy Z or my friends call me Jim. Everyone called me Jim before this. Do you love Jimmy Z now or do you still deep down kind of hate it? No, I don't mind Jimmy Z. I just I don't mind Jimmy Z at all. No, no, no. Yeah. Oh, from okay. back in the Victor thing. Yeah, yeah. From like, no, does, is there still a seventh no, no, seventh no, grader no, inside no. of you that's like, I don't no, like it. No, maybe 20 years ago, but okay. not now. Not at all. There's really nothing. Because now you got to love Jimmy Z. I mean, that became who you are. It's, That's your personality. We did it for branding purposes. Yeah. When it came down to coming up for a name for the restaurant, the reason why it was called that and the reason why I was sold on it, I was like, it, well, I never liked it, but like, it's, it's, the, it's a gimmick. Yeah. And this is my wrestling-esque. This is my Vince McMahon-esque. <laughs> you know, we're going to Z's. We're going to Jimmy's. Like, y- y- when you can sum up a name – in one word and it be the nickname of the place you got you got something and speaking of wrestling gimmicks it's perfect because don't they say the best gimmicks are when it's just you amped up to 11 is, that, well that's that was that's, that's been, what jimmy z is right that's, you that's, amped up that's been me for yeah that's been yeah. me for a while yeah okay I think that's the only thing that got me through late nights and working you know seven days a week and you know five to fours wednesday through saturday so. are you gangbusters on day one of opening jimmy z's in brockport or did you have to work to get your your audience as as no no first 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 year was was rough really oh yeah oh yeah first year was rough i mean the first year um we luckily we paid every bill we paid we were never behind which was great um but it was what got us what paid every bill was the fact that poppy and i literally we worked 80 hours a week i mean we didn't i did not take a personal day off on a weekly basis until three and a half years after we opened up Jimmy's Z's. So, so at the beginning, it's basically the two of you working, probably barely paying yourselves, if even at all. No, I, what, what, what do I need? The only thing I, the, literally, the only thing I'm doing for the first hundred days of business, or unless there was a holiday, the only my first day off after opening up was the first holiday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we opened up January thirty first. My first day off was Easter. American Easter because my Easter's Eastern Orthodox, so mine's always different. We we well, I think every five years we fall into the same date. Okay, okay. So by the way, this episode comes out on Easter, <laughs> my go. Easter at least. There we go. So yeah. um and um, so that was my first day off after opening. Um and from that point on, my days off were holidays. Um, two weeks a year to see in the first year I didn't do it, but the, cause my grandparents ended up coming, but it was pretty much every year after Oh five, I have two weeks to go see my grandparents over the holidays. Um, couple one day or two day trips to see my brother in New York. Mm-hmm. And if I had a, like I decided that, you know what, I'm going to spend the day and go to Darien Lake today. 
I opened up for a few hours and then I took the rest of the day off. Uh, yeah. There's a food show, which there was the amazing food shows that Mains and Cisco and all those companies used to put on where they come to hotels, you know, everybody had a good time, casinos. Um, and those were it. I mean, those were the days off. There were no other days off. Um, so what paid the bills was keeping that payroll low. And, you know, we still had people working with us, but Poppy opened up the restaurant. I closed the restaurant. That was ten, first 10 years, period. Mm-hmm. Nobody else locked those doors or opened those doors for the first 10 years if it wasn't myself or him. Always open till 4 a.m. all those years? Wednesday through Saturday, 4 a.m. for the first five years of business. Mm-hmm. And I locked those doors every every 4 a.m. I, 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 I counted the drawer. I... Did it did it get slow at like three fifty or were you busy till four? <laughs> no, no, you know your three to four was was the straggling. You know it wasn't chaos. You know it wasn't anything. It was it was just it was the same. Not it was the same thing, just toned down. Like so, it, if we're gonna say that one to three is gangbusters, an eight and a half. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the th- the three to four, we're gonna put it at a a four. Any scary moments? Any 3.30 in the morning, shady character comes in, you're thinking, I'm about to get robbed? Any of those? Nothing with robberies. Thank God. Knock on the wood. Yeah. And we're, we live in a day-to-day that I never thought I'd ever be happy about credit cards. Because uh-huh. we didn't take credit cards until like our oh, fifth, right. fifth, sixth, or seventh year. You had a we ton were, of cash those early we years. We were cash only. Yeah. So like, and what we risked ourselves is people just coming in there and stealing it because that's all we took. You yeah. know, But you didn't think about that back then. It and never happened. They never got robbed. No, I mean they, I know people they, have like shoplifted, right? Because I think I've seen. There's that, definitely but, been some shoplifting, but nobody came in with but, a gun. But, and but said, no, Give no, me it nobody, all. nobody ever asked for money, and nobody ever put anybody in harm oh, that way. Thank God. You know, uh, we we definitely had to, you know, jazzy Jeff a few people out the front door. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know, uh, but other than that, no. And it, and even so, even for being a late night establishment, we never really dealt with uh, as much nonsense as you'd normally think we would. Well, let's skip ahead to the nonsense. So you you. Speak spend your you you build this thing you build this undeniably amazing brand pandemic hits every restaurant in the country gets put in a freaking chokehold sleeper brother full nelson ready to tap out yeah what ha- tell me about from 2020 to today what this freaking ride has been like and then recently your big decision um well for us it started in it started we had our own not I, we called it the z-pocalypse it was, okay. So it was pre-pandemic where we unfortunately um, lost four full-time 40-an-hour-a-week people within like, uh, you know, a month and a half. Oh, my God. People that had been with you forever that knew their jobs, made pe- your life pe- easy. People that were head of their positions. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And unfortunately, the first one, you know, he broke his ankle at a party. And, you know, so now he was, you know, now we, we, no problem. We were, we were so healthy then that... Losing him wasn't a big deal. We got it. We can cover it until he gets better, you know. Yeah. And then we had um, um, a couple uh, um, employees that were breaking protocol, that were continuously breaking protocol. Ooh. And we were put in a position that we had no choice but to, you know, to, yeah. to let them go. Yeah. Which now put us in a predicament where we have 120 hours that we need to, co- that we need to cover in a, t- a one-month period. Then another full-time person had to go on a sabbatical for you know for personal reasons, so it was that was that was the beginning where I first time I ever sat down and I told Poppy I said, 
for the first time in my life, I can honestly say that we have nothing else left to prove. It's true. You we did, have you did it. We have done everything that we were set to do, everything that I wanted to accomplish in my childhood of bringing the restaurant name back or bringing our name back into the re- restaurant business where it once was. We've surpassed all those things. Yeah. So it was at that time where I, I, you know, and then, you know, things got a little bit better. It was pretty rough. It was honestly rough. That was probably, that was probably, the, that was to, to date at that point, that was the roughest I ever had it as, you know, an owner operator trying to keep uh, my head barely above Jimmy, water. Are, are you saying at that point that you were saying, that you were saying, look, at, at this point, I, I've got, we've, we did it. We did it. This is there's no taking any of this away. And if we quit today, right now, I look back and I go, "We did it. That's a win. We won." Right? It, it's it's a situation where you where 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 when your health starts getting to um, a, a, a situation where you yep. need to seek medical attention. Mm. Now we have to take a step back and well, we need to reevaluate. Because didn't you cha- you like changed your diet, lost a bunch of weight? Did you have some rough years about just eating that that food every night, eating pizza logs and Trash it got to a night. point where I don't think I put a whole food in my body, right. you know, and that definitely made me, you know, when, when I was getting, I was getting sick and colds and fevers like all the time, you know, and yep. so, and then, uh, no, I did change my diet and, um, I know I've, I've dealt with every obstacle brought to me because of what I decided personally to put myself through for the sake of my business. Mm-hmm. And, I have no regrets on that, but now it's come to a point where it's caught up. Mm-hmm. It's really caught up mm-hmm. because not only was the mind falling apart years ago, but now the body's falling apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of goes to where we are today. Yeah. You know, so, um, but the pandemic for, for us, I, for someone who has not had an off button f- at that time for 17 years, I, it was a completely different uh, scenario. It was an experience for me. You were given time off. Whether yeah. you like it or not, somebody told you, go home and just sit down for I'm a while. Not, I, I haven't had that kind of off button. Ever, right? Not, 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 not since 2003. Well, well, take me to April of 2020. I mean, are you sitting in your house going, this is amazing? Or are you sitting in your house going, I got to get out of here? Because you were sitting for the first time ever. I was I was make I was making the best of the time that I had dealt to me, so I learned a lot about stocks. I worked on. You are such I, a. I, I worked on. I, love I, you. I worked on. I bought a lot of sneakers. Yeah, yeah, we got to talk about sneakers a little bit. I started that. That's that's where my, that's where I really, really, really went all in on sneakers was because the pandemic. See, I got to come over to your house and go shopping because I've been known to drop some money on some sneakers. I wore my Kyrie Weatherman's to Rotary. I know you're today. size thirteen, right? Yeah, I'm thirteen. Do you yeah, have so anything? We have we have a good selection. Of oh, do 13, you? Yeah. Can I come shopping sometime? Uh, you're always welcome. Okay. Always right. welcome. You know, <laughs> things are scattered. You know, we have a lot of stuff. You know, there's stuff with, with the sneaker business. You know, it's stuff that, you know, that we, that we, you know, you buy and you, we don't look at it again for about 12 months. So, mm-hmm. you know, everything is scattered in different places where, you know, we got the place we got to go to all the time and we got the place that doesn't get opened for, you know, another, you know, eight months or so. So you're such an entrepreneur, though. I mean, the restaurant, of course, but then, you know, you sell T-shirts, you've got real estate, you've got sneakers. I mean, you just are like 
the, when 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 you grew up, when you, it's the childhood I grew up in and the failures I lived is that made me say I'm never gonna go there again. Mm-hmm. I'm never gonna. No, we're not gonna. We're not gonna see that again. Not me. We, because everything my parents did for myself and for my brother and it to 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 do. My parents were separated at that time too. So like everything they did was all for us and our future. I lived it. I saw it. So, um, you know, that was a lot of key components to never wanting to take a step backwards. Yeah. Yeah. I take Poppy told me going into we were still, you know, looking in the place. I can't remember where we were. We we definitely didn't didn't start construction yet. But and he just said, you know, um, your grandfather once said, you know, if you run too fast, you're going to trip. And from that point on, I that that is one of the things he said it to me right at the end of 531. You, you, so it's it's literally engraved in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I've never, ever, ever, ever tried to do more than I can handle. And it just eventually got to a point where, you know, that's really what you know, what what, it, what, it, what it's, well, that's really what it's been. It was like that during the Z-pocalypse, and that's really what it ended up turning into for us over the last, you know, six months to a year. Because you made an announcement not too long ago that you're concentrating on the truck. Yep. Right? What's your What's the current status of Jimmy Z's? So right now, um, we, like we, you know, like I said on Facebook, um, we plan on concentrating on catering and food truck for the summer, and the goal is to have you know, the restaurant back up uh, operating by the fall. Okay. You know, what, what dates and when that's, that is right now, my procedure for my knee is going to be on the 22nd of April. Um, we know that he's going to go in there and repair the meniscus, but there's a lot more going on than that and that he's not going to be able to really determine until he gets in there. And and is that a result of years and years and years of being on your feet? Absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's everything. That's just the beginning of what's wrong with me. You know, Um, you know, my right foot, I got a right around the ankle area, not ankle area, but right around the arch area, a little bit above the arch. Um, I have, you know, tendons brushing with, you know, with, with, uh, you know, either with bone or with other, you know, with other stuff. And, uh, like I can't stand on this foot for more than three hours without limping without being, that's when it becomes, starts becoming very discomfort. When we got to a point staff wise a year ago that I was needed full time in the kitchen, I had no choice, but to get a a cortisone shot and it's wearing off. And I I don't, I don't want to get another one. I don't want to risk myself having, I'm 40 years old. I don't want to risk having feet and knee problems the rest of my life. I didn't do all this to have to suffer now. You really are like a pro wrestler, man. Like yeah. you really are. You're like, I took the shot. I wanted to get out there I, and keep I, doing it. I took the bumps. Yeah, you took the bumps. I took the bumps <laughs> to keep the late night parties going. Yeah. yeah. And when I not, and I'm not, and we're not talking about party bumps. Okay. Just to be on the safe side. over <laughs> Right, here. right. Okay. No, I know. I get what you're saying. You know, yes. I, I'm one of the very few people I know that's never done those kind of bumps. <laughs> okay. But it is, I never needed to as big as a Guns N' Roses fan as I was, I was like, yeah, it's no, you're just that. naturally high energy. <laughs> it just comes. Yeah. It's in your blood. <laughs> when, when things are going well, why not? Mm-hmm. But when, you know, you know, and, and this is like a Shawn Michaels line and it's true, you know, it lost my smile a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when, when you when you're dealing with so much frustration, trying to continuously cover shifts and 
and um, you know you get to a point where you know people leave and you know uh, some give you a notice some leave on the spot and they put you in a position where you can't give your clientele the 110 percent that got you where you are can we talk labor shortage for a second can we talk about this it's, what the hell happened it's terrible. what what has happened to that that i don't want to really get into it because i one thing that well, it's not just you it's everybody everybody's got the same thing. yeah but also everybody's got an opinion true and, and it gets not, political and then you I'm, piss I'm, people I'm, off i'm not here yeah. I, i'm i'm just doing what i do i mind my own business yeah. i work very hard to get where i am I do everything I can for my people yeah. that have helped me get to where I am right now. But, you know, the decision was made that uh, I went to the doctors that Monday. Uh, we, we actually had somebody quit at 5 p.m. on Saturday. Um, oh, my God. 5 was, p.m. on a Saturday? Yeah. Oh. Yep. Um, and we... And your blood just boils the rest of the night. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't there. Oh, okay. Okay. It happened to be that I had uh, my one and only intern from years ago was getting married and I was coming back from his wedding. So I get off a plane in Philadelphia to find out that this didn't happen. But our manager handled the situation and got us through that evening better than I could have in my current state. Wow. And okay. that shows numbers to the our team because he was the leader and every person there came through and we they all collaborated and we were able to get through the night. Um, you know, but moving forward from there you know we needed to, we needed to reevaluate really where we're going here because i could have only taken so much more stress how did it flip for better or worse if i could say because we have to understand mm -hmm. that we are two business owners talking to each other mm -hmm. and there are going to be people hearing this that might hear two business owners talking and they might think oh screw you screw you for that because if i say like how did they all become so wimpy right like the young generation they're hearing this right now going that dude better shut the hell up but when did it flip from i feel like my father my grandpa uh, his father showed up at work and it was kind of like thank you for the job right and it kind of at some point flipped into they show up to work and they look at and they they go you're welcome i'm here you're welcome Instead of thank you for the opportunity to work here, it's more like you're welcome. I showed up today. Um, Am I wrong, or did that um, happen a bit? Unfortunately, I don't know what they're drinking, but it's the official drink of people who want to start at the finish line. It is right. Okay, it is it's out there, it's and it's very real. Um, the. And it's not with everybody. No, it's not. Have, we should say it's not everybody. I have sure. a... When I was in Dallas, getting ready to leave and come back, we had issues with some coverage prior to the whole walkout at 5 p.m. I was making calls. I, was, I went down on my text message in Dallas all the way until Christmas mm -hmm. to see who I can solicit to come help out tonight and it's one of our summer helpers and he was you know last year we got to a point where we hired high school kids at jimmy z's for the first time since 2005 wow wow okay you just need yeah and we had three great kids and he's one of them and mm -hmm. he stopped when school started because he's played a lot of sports and he's a senior and i was able to call him and he said i can be there and um so no there are outstanding kids out there right now with fantastic worth ethics unfortunately 
the ratio is outnumbered. It's got it's gotten worse. I, I'm glad you said because there are exceptions, and and I feel like some of them work for me too. I am so freaking lucky to have some great young people working for me. We are so thankful but, to have the team that we have, but it's almost like we just need a little bit more supporting roles to complement the work ethic we already have here, <laughs> and it's almost impossible to get that. I do, uh, you know, tick. Are you on tick? You're on TikTok, aren't you? I try. Not yeah, to. I love TikTok. <laughs> I, try. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I gave up trying not to be i'm on it all the time now no, and and i i got myself down a couple rabbit holes and there's see there's a lot of content out there telling employees how how much their employer would be screwed without them which is true by the way it is it, true we it, are screwed without you it's very true but, but what is this is this chicken to see which one uh with to which one to see which one is going to go off uh, you know off the ramp yeah. first and not you know so the cars don't hit which one is it you know because there's just so much more opportunity out there for these kids too. Let's just be honest. Let's be honest here. You, if you are the percentage of people who look at Instagram as a business and TikTok as a business and not like you and me that just go on the newsfeed. Okay. Not on TikTok, but you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) all right. Those people are making so much money right now. Just daily putting up content. YouTubers, making like did you've seen the meme where 1987 millionaires office it was uh wall street what's his name you know michael douglas oh right yeah and now it's some kid's room okay yeah. that that looks like my bed <laughs> that's right, that's right. <laughs> all right I, uh, so there's just so much more opportunity out there so it's going to be tougher there you is the, the few that the the ones the young people that are working and it's so funny too because we say here we talk about the young people meanwhile when you and i were young the generation above us was calling us the young lazy bastards maybe there's just a part of that that's normal where every where the the, the your job as getting older is to make fun of the generation behind you as everything <laughs> like, gets older everything gets more watered down we just yeah. as every Every year has gone on. We just have become more watered down as humans. Okay, very simple. Okay, we are watered down versions of our ancestors. But I've gotten to the point now where I even think current music sucks. So like, I am just an old guy. It's just happened. Listen, I'm brother, old. Listen, man. Um, we are entering a phase that we don't have any time for nonsense. No, it's true. Okay. It's true. Um, you know, okay. the, what you just said there's opportunity out there. The the ones the of the younger generation. As you, and I'm so glad you said it. It's not all of them. There's great great ones. And I have a few working for me, and I'm so lucky. I got a couple of people in their mid twenties who are in leadership roles at my place right now because they they it's it's easier for them to shine because the ones that come through and go, look, I'm gonna bust my ass for you, stand out. They stand out now more so. I feel like everyone I graduated in high school with was walking into the workplace on day one saying, "I'm gonna bust my ass for you." There's a lot more competition. There is, there is, there is. Unfortunately, there's just, it just seems to be like that. We're just, like I said, we're just that percentage short of, uh, of making it less stressful for the people that are trying to work hard. Yeah. Um, so, and, uh, so I got the, you know, I, I, I finally met with my doctor, you know, we ended up getting an MRI and, um, you know, and he told me, you know, this is what's going to happen. So it was at that point we're closed on Mondays and Tuesdays um, and um, that's when we it was a very tough Monday morning but like you know met with management and pops and just said like this is between everything that's going on right now um, this is not a sustainable operation at the moment um, for a lot of reasons and um, the biggest one right now is the fact that we don't have enough people in our kitchen 
to give our customers the 110% that got us where we are. And if that's the case, we're going to take a pause. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of commitments over this summer with catering and food truck. People are getting married. People are having graduation parties. These are these are lifelong memories, and we want to make sure that we uh, are able to to fulfill those commitments, and at the same time, gives opportunity for my need a rehab to try to take care of the rest of myself because it's just the knee and the foot and the other knee and the back are just the beginning of things, um, and at the same time try to promote and grow our catering in our food truck business so you know because when we do come back menu is not going to be as big operation has to be a, a, a simplified um, so we are going to do we've we are doing what we have to do right now to preserve our brand and our quality for our community and our community, not only our local community, but also our community of customers mm -hmm. from all over. And this is what we know. This 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 was the decision that we, that we we were brought to, in order to to do that and regroup and hopefully come fall time, you know, um, look, uh, I'll take a, one out of Poppy's book, God willing, uh, you know, we'll be back, you know. And um, but for right now, we've had awesome opportunity come our way since we closed. Darien Lake reached out. We'll be at the majority of their concerts. Great. We'll be doing some munchies and milkshakes. Private gigs at all? We'll be Book doing them? a lot of private gigs. Okay. Most of our most of our food truck and catering is private. Um, still, still booking or are you absolutely booked? Okay. Absolutely. Great. Yeah. We still are. We got some things in the works right now. We are putting together a poppy mobile. <laughs> Tell me about the Poppy Mobile. Like we can't talk much about it, but it's it's going to be ready soon. And Poppy is the head of catering, so uh, you know. So we got some cool lined up, uh, you know, to help uh, to help grow our catering business and how to help make it more sustainable and you know easier to get around and uh, you know and whatnot. So pretty excited about that. And um, and then so Darien Lake called for the concerts, uh, Hickory Ridge Golf Course and Holly. They are also having the same issues uh, that we have. They said they have had six cooks in their kitchen last season, and they and, and they've never had that much trouble keeping people in the kitchen either. So they were looking to have a buffet catered by us every Friday. Nice. So these are the sustainable forms of operation to do over you know while we're regrouping. And while we're trying to create a sustainable operation, you know, overall with the restaurant, you know, with the catering and food truck. The other ventures that I mentioned, uh, you don't talk a lot about. I mean, the sneakers, I guess you talk a little bit about, but mm -hmm. um, do you, you still own a lot of property in Brockport? Yeah, there's or, rentals. Yeah. yeah. Um, how is how is that? How is being a landlord, especially with you rent to college kids a lot? Yeah, majority. I mean, now more than ever, we have less students. You know, okay. we still have more majority of our majority of our rentals have students in them, but um, we have more non-students now today than we've ever had. What's it like renting to college students? I mean, imagine that that seems like that could be. On the one hand, a lot of times mommy and daddy write the rent checks, so you know they're good for it. But on the other hand, they throw parties. And that's your house. <laughs> um, everything, everything good and bad comes with uh, with uh, with yeah. uh, blessings and consequences. Yeah. Okay, and curses. Yeah. Um, so over the years, you know, have, have you gotten that phone call of like, uh, we put a giant hole in the wall? <laughs> like, has that ever happened? 
Yeah, there's been a few phone calls. Somebody ripped the toilet out of the bathroom. <laughs> like, been, there's been a few phone calls. <laughs> there's been a few phone calls. Um, a couple two three. Okay, <laughs> let's just say that. But no, I mean, so one thing that um, Poppy helped with as far as you know, long term opportunity is uh, you know ceasing opportunity and some property in Brockport. You know, uh, one property in in you know in mind came came up and. You know, we looked at it and we looked at it in the beginning as interested in property and operation. And then it turned into, you know, the operation part probably wasn't something we wanted to do. Somebody actually bought the building. But because we were interested in it and showed interest in it, this person who bought it, bought it as a, an investment property. Mm-hmm. So her, uh, um, and she bought it. And said, okay, well, now, you know, she was looking for tenants to rent it to. Well, she found out that, you know, hey, Jimmy Z's was looking at, you know, looking at it. So she came in and introduced herself and, you know, her and Poppy talked. Um, Back then in 05, around between 5 and 6 p.m., I was a cranky guy. You know, I, you know, I basically woke up to shower to put my clothes on to go in the car and drive. And then I went to work and then I drove home and I showered. I went to bed and I I did the same thing every day for a long time, basically. Yeah, so yeah. I was still not having drinking my full, th- full throttle by then. Yeah. Okay. In 05, I was sucking down the full throttles, <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, and, um, Anyway, so she comes and I go, I said, listen, I said, if we're not buying the property, I said, I'm not interested in talking to her. And that's, I left it at that. I'm concentrating on orders. Poppy, you know, being the sly son of a gun he is, okay, uh, he literally walks back there in 20 minutes and says, son, you just bought the building. (laughs) (laughs) He's went and sweet talked her for a while or what? Um, Well, opportunity. Yeah. And... I guess the opportunity, I don't know the the conversation, how it went or how it started, but, you know, she bought the property and she right away sold it to us. And because she bought it for cash, Mm. she held our paper. Mm, So my first rental property or my first investment property was sold to me by somebody who completely owned it and they were my bank and I didn't have to deal with anything. Uh So the coolest thing that I think that has ever happened to me and I think was very unique was is that the original seller sold it to her and she sold it to me all at the same table. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. (laughs) She, you know, she made an instant like 25K on the deal. Okay. Like right off the bat. And then she held my paper for, you know, seven years. You know, she got her percentage. Um, I was able, you know, I think we, I think if I remember correctly, I think it was a seven year term. Uh, I was able to pay in full after five without penalty. Once year five came, bro, I consolidated all my rental accounts and mm-hmm. I cut her a check for like a hundred something. And I said, here you go. And nice. like it was paid off. And that was yep. the first building I ever paid off. And it just trickled from there. And yep. that's how it went. That's that you've built that. The sneakers. Talk about the sneakers for a second. That's a recent thing. That's the last couple of years. Sneakers has been a thing for me since 09, but sneakers in this level has been a thing for me since the pandemic. What's the, what's the, I don't know if I should say most expensive. What's the most valuable most pair? Most valuable that you have? pair I have is going for about 2500 bucks. What are they? Air Jordan 1 Chicago 2015 oh. release. <laughs> like, that's the original? It's the original. It's a retro of the original. Okay. All so right. it's a ni- 2015 edition. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, you got any South Beaches? 
<laughs> I do, but I don't have a size 13. Yeah. I know we talked about That's this. That's my shoe, man. I, I like. Know, I I've know. had my eye on that one for a while. Yeah, since we were since 10 years ago when they came out, and we could <laughs> nobody could get them. Yeah. Um, no, so I was into Air Jordans as a kid because I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. You're so wearing an Air I, Jordan hoodie here right now. Yeah, I got my yeah. Air Jordan gear on right now. So, um, yeah, so um, 1990, I fell in love with Air Jordans. Um, at my church, our priests, boys, he had two boys, our priests, and they both had Air Jordans on, and that's when I was introduced to Air Jordans. They were the Air Jordan 5, mm-hmm. fell in love, <laughs> been in love ever since. What, what were the shoes that the Young Bucks had on a couple pay-per-views ago that they were like, weren't they wrestling for the, if they lost, they had to give up their shoes or I'm something? not sure which ones they were, but they wear all sorts of crazy stuff. They, yeah. uh, they were awesome. When they were in town, they went to Flower City Kicks, which is a place where I also do consign some sneakers at. Did they? You know, and, you know, and uh, they went and they bought a bunch of sneakers. You know, so and they, yeah, they're cool with it. They've definitely worn some pairs that I have. Uh, probably not some of my more expensive ones, but they definitely dropped some loot on sneakers. And I don't know which ones were up for grabs then, but I'm yeah. sure they were an expensive pair. Yeah, I I tell you, it, there's something attractive about them, and they get comp. Now I do have a rule. Oh God, I don't even want to put this out there. People are going to think I'm such a douche. I have a rule. I won't spend over a certain amount because I want to wear them. I'm not the type of person who wants to have them and just like and let them just kind of sit on a shelf or something. Sure. I'm a guy who wants to wear the sneakers so there's there's i don't want to say the dollar amount because i'm embarrassed but there is a dollar amount that i'm like i'm not going over x yeah because because if i go over x i I won't wear them well i can (laughs) tell you this um since um there's a consignment store uh called the plug eastview mall okay good buddy of mine opened it up and they opened up on black friday and he brought it to my attention about 10 months prior to that and he said that, you know, um, long story short, he was a regional manager, a regional district manager of, you know, DTLR Villa, used to be Villa. He opened up the first one as a manager, the first one, second one, third one, and he became the DM from like from Buffalo to, I think, Albany. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, he, you know, they, they got rid of him uh, under whatever circumstances. And about three months later, he goes, well, listen, the original owner of Villa um, and myself, you know, and there is a gentleman in writing PA that has a very successful, um, you know, uh, sneaker, you know, uh, you know, sneaker business, you know, consignment, buy, sell, trade. Those are very big right now. There's a bunch of them in Buffalo. You know, we have two, three of them now, I think in Rochester, um, you know, or, you know, so there, you know, you go to any mall in any big city, there's two or three of them where you mm-hmm. can go buy any shoe you want. You're just going to pay hundreds of dollars for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's very in, in thing. And he came to me cause he knew of my collection and he knew of, you know, my, you know, my buying and, and my investing in sneakers. Cause that's what this is really is. This is all of investing. Um, there's resellers in which I'm, I, I, I clearly I'm a reseller, but I also am an investor, so most of the stuff I'm selling right now is six to eighteen to three, four years old. Okay, where now the markup on it is hopefully as at a minimum, my goal is to have like a hundred percent markup on all my sales. Mm-hmm. You know, some of the stuff is going to be under a hundred, some stuff's going to be well over a hundred, so it ends up balancing that. You know, like stuff that is moving today. So Black Friday, they opened up. We ended up getting 300 pairs of my pairs in there. Okay. 300? Um, you make of that many? And, Jeez, Jimmy. You well, are there's in. 800 there now. So Damn. there's 800 plus. You know, I we, we dropped off like an 80 clip on Sunday. So um, <laughs> that's and, awesome. <laughs> um, and so I sold more sneakers in my life between Black Friday and Christmas Eve. 
at out of that store in 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 Victor, New York. Really? Yes, two hundred pairs of sneakers were wow. sold. Wow! And twenty five percent were toddler. Okay. Twenty five percent at an average of a hundred percent return per pair. Yeah. Because some gave me 150%, some gave me 80%. Toddler shoes, almost at a minimum, are, I get a return of, of like about 65 to 70% on okay. toddler shoes with no, no problem. Okay. You can't, even, you can't even get that on some of the major men's uh, you know, uh, yeah. uh, releases. It's tough for me to spend big money on shoes for my toddler because... You'll be surprised, my man. What I know, I know, but somebody, he... Somebody wanted a 2C, not a 3C, and I'm like, it's going to grow. Uh, yeah they want the 2c yeah literally the second smallest size known to man it's, t- it's tough because you just know he's gonna grow right out of it so you're yeah. like oh no but um what is the what is the most valuable pair of shoes currently in existence like what is the shoe right now that sneakerheads across I, I, the country I, I, don't, I couldn't answer that no what's the hottest thing like i uh, see i'm a different i'm a different kind of uh, uh sneaker guy i don't buy easies i don't or if, if i do buy them i don't buy them in large scale mm-hmm. i buy jordans in scale I buy 90s retros in scale. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. Um, that's what I scale on. I don't scale on on easies. They're hard to get. Um, I don't really bother with stuff that's hard to get. I get the stuff that's sitting on a shelf right now because right now it's going for market value, and in six to 12 months when nobody has them anymore, the market value goes up. So that's why you see you're patient because you're not trying to turn it around tomorrow to make a couple this is, of bucks. This is, I'm right now. I'm buying for what I plan on earning in 18 months. Yep, yep. I get that. I get that because by that point, now they're off the shelf, right? You can't find them at retail. You probably can't find them. Period. Meanwhile, you can Jimmy find them Z's online down. at Goats and StockX. You know, because that's really where I was selling. You know, I was selling full time on there before here. Well, see, StockX is where I've bought, and I need to come okay. to you. I'm coming. And to I you still have stuff on stock. <laughs> I'm more on Go. I don't really do StockX. I don't like their policies. Um, but do I, I need to stop buying on there? Do they have bad policy? It's it's for it's for a seller, not for a buyer. Okay. So for a seller, if they find something with the inspection process not right, like there's a scuff or the box is busted, Goat will give you a chance to give a five percent, ten percent, fifteen percent, twenty percent discount to the customer and give them a chance to to accept it or decline it. Yeah. If they decline it, they give you a chance to put it in 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 their storage for nothing. So then if it sells, they just ship it right out. But you'd have to sell it as, you know, damaged. Yeah. StockX doesn't even give you any options. They just say you owe us 15 bucks to ship it back and here it is. <laughs> <laughs> there's no there's no options um and normally the return on goat is a little bit better than StockX, to be honest what is it about sneakers that because for some reason i am just i'm i'm captivated like i always i'm not a collector by any means but mm-hmm. i always have a couple of nice pairs of sneakers here nothing mm-hmm. crazy but a couple of nice ones i've always had a lot of sneakers what what is it that like what is that thing in our brain that just triggers us well you know what it, it actually hey. i was gonna say why are we weird we're not weird my wife's got a million pairs of shoes um listen um, I, my mom used to call me, somebody called Mrs. Marcos. I don't know. I guess some old rich lady that had a, sh- had a, you know, a ton of shoes. Yeah. You, uh, you can curse got, on here. You have more shoes than Miss Marco, you know? <laughs> um, but you know, so, you know, growing up as I was getting older in high school, I always had a couple different pairs, you know? And, um, then after Jordan retired, I stopped buying Jordans. I kind of like lost interest in Jordans. 
and it, that was the time when the shell toes really came in hard with Fred Durst, mm. and everyone was wearing shell toes. So, did you ever have a pair of Adidas shell toes? No, I did not. So no. you apparently, apparently, we're not Olympus. No, 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 no. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, I've always been basketball shoes. Like okay. I've always been. And same thing with me until yeah. that, until then, and then yeah. it took till '09. Then, then you know, the whole Jimmy Z's thing happened, and we were wearing. Uh, I started wearing a lot of New Balances at work because they were more comfortable. Um, they were two for '89 at Foot Locker at the time. And um, but then 09, a pair of Space Jam 11s got reissued, and it was a shoe that I always dreamt dreamed of having in 2000, in 1995, that I was never able to get. Yeah. And I remember buying, scoring four pairs of them because I knew that I was going to be able to resell them. And literally, they came out on the 23rd of December. I on the 24th, Christmas Eve, next day, sold a pair at the Hess on Witten and East Avenue for 400 bucks on my way home nice. for for Christmas Eve. So I usually have two pairs in rotation then I probably buy another two pairs like once a year. So I'll tell you what my two in rotation are right now and you tell me if I'm lame or if it's good. Okay? okay. And you can be honest. If this is lame you can be like those are kind of lame. I'm not a hype beast so I'm not going to do that. All right. Ahead. And I got Kyrie Weatherman's. I Great. should show you. Uh, you said those good? Great. And I have uh, LeBarnold Palmer's when he did the uh, collaboration with Arnold Palmer. Listen, a lot better than Voight's. <laughs> All right, okay. All right. <laughs> a lot better than Ruse. <laughs> I love my LeBarnold's. They're so yeah. freaking comfortable. Honestly, the Weathermans yeah. are very comfortable. I honestly can't wear as many Jordans as I used to because of the shape my feet are in now. So I'm wearing more like, you know, uh, React Soles, a yeah. softer sole, a lunar sole with nike uh just a lot more and a lot uh, more comfortable on my feet i can only wear jordans for a few hours now they've literally turned into dress shoes and dress shoes have literally turned into murder Uh, (laughs) (laughs) so i like actually wear sneak i have like actually wear sneakers with my suits now and i just don't care anymore what's the best lebrons out in the world right now i have no idea no i couldn't tell you the only lebrons i ever liked were seven eight and nine and i only kind of like nine Okay, seven and eights like that. I fell in love with the the seven when they did the wood grain all star, the the blue one, the two thousand ten all stars. They had the wool, the the they had the wood grain leather on it, or the wood grain around. I fell in love with that the seven, and then the eights were South Beach, so they were. Then they had the eight and a half, which I still have OGs of those. The freaking South Beaches, are, that's my... Yeah. So 7 and 8s, I've actually thrown down on a, a lot of the 7s that they reissued a few years ago. I threw down on at least a, a personal pair of each. Yeah. Because that, that's how much I was a huge fan of 7s and 8s. Yeah. Well, we should probably get off sneakers, I feel bad. I, could say, I love talking yeah. about sneakers, so, too. So, you know, to make a long story short, I basically chose to reinvest earnings and, uh, um, you know, liquid into sneakers because I, I, I've seen the, the history of them. And if you hold on to them long enough, there is a very fantastic chance that you can pretty much do about 100% return on them, um, you know, in under two, three years. Um, so that's and, – and I and I bet it on that, and so far it's been working that out. That feels really – honestly, it does feel like a safe investment. Yeah. Because you're right, right? There's shoes coming out all the time. The, sho- the shoes I see – the shoes I'm buying, you're not going to see – like Nike doesn't do what Easy does where they can continues, continuously re- release the same model. Like there's stuff that Easy has – you know, Adidas has released for the 10th time now in the last five, six years. Yeah. You're not going to see that with Air Jordan. It, does, it loses value though, right, when Exa- they do that? That's yeah. exactly what it does. Yeah, because there's got to be rarity. Otherwise, yeah. it's yeah. not valuable. So now Jordan, he'll do the Concord. Now we'll, we'll talk about the most popular pair of Jordans ever created, okay. Concord 11s. Original, 1995. Wait, Concord 11s? Concord 11s. I'm, I'm Googling right So now. back in to 1995, 
I was the kind of kid who opened up the yellow pages and called every sporting goods store to ask them if they got the Air Jordans in yet. Okay. And if you caught, you know, and back then, you know, the, Ooh. you know, the mom and pop shops and, These you know, like nice. the mom and pop shops, you know, like in the hood, they're going to sell the sneaker before release day. No problem. So there was a place that used to call Jim Dalber sports and he had the Concords four days before release. I begged my mom to get them for me. She said no every time. And then she showed up home with them once and she hasn't. And she's reminded me ever since that she had like eight dollars in her bank account or 16 bucks or something in her bank account oh, that's, when she bought them for that's me mama z man mama z baby. you're her baby well that's you know, that's why the number my first goal after opening was making sure that she was retired you know so yeah, yeah. um so it originally came out in 95 it came out again in 01 it came out again in in a dmp model which was just slightly different in a package came out in 05 or 06 and then 2011 2018 so you're looking at somewhere between a five and seven year span before the the, the model comes in in full you know in full general release which is you know at this point a million pairs what, what was the first year oh one you said 95 oh 95 95 was the original date uh, was the original year of the of the air jordan 11 so the 2018s right now are going for 435 dollars on StockX. does that sound good or bad that's bad because I I've, I've been I've been selling them for 650. Oh, okay. Okay. Maybe I got it wrong somehow. It, that's good for them, not good for me. <laughs> yeah. Jordan 11 OG Concord, is that a okay. 95? That would be a well, 95. Well, no, it, it will tell you it will tell you what let me look at. Let me see the photo of it. That one right there. That's 720 on StockX right now. Yeah, that if it's yellow on the bottom, that's a 1995. Okay. OG. If it says OG on it, it's probably a 95. And okay. if it's yellow on the bottom, it's definitely from 95. So that's for going for 720 right now. So that's wow. Damn. Yeah. And what what did that retail at when it came out in 1995? 125 dollars plus tax. Wow. <laughs> yep. I gotta get in the sneaker game. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay. yeah, just that. Just trying to invest in 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 things that will I can hold on to, um, that will hold value. If I can, you know, find you know some. I, I I'm starting to do some work on some wa- some homework on some watches. You know, I don't wear them, but I would that's, love to invest in them. That's a thing too, because like, mm-hmm. I mean, there's you know, there, there's nice watches out there, but then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's like seventy five thousand dollar watches well, out there. Well, and what we're going for here is there are watches out there that you know you can purchase for fifty or sixty k, and in three years, there's a good chance you can get a hundred and. Mm. 104 120 130 140 you know you're not going to get that kind of return anywhere else with any kind with with any kind of funds or whatever you want to call it yeah there's yeah. no guarantee in stocks um okay let's t- let's what did we miss did we miss anything before we get to our favorite matches i don't think we missed anything no I mean, and if we did shame on us i guess we so. just talked a lot and if we didn't talk about everything that'd be a big pile of nonsense well, wait a second can i am i supposed to ask you about the thing the the thing on Park Ave or no? You could if you want. I, I do. Mean, it's I over kinda, with now. I kind of want to. Go Can ahead. Yeah, go ahead. So this one time I'm driving. This wasn't yeah. too long ago. I, I, if, if you, I don't want to name. I don't want any names and I don't of establishments or anything like that. So okay. Play, we can just sum it up to place. Here, on here's Park the Ave. good news about that. I don't even know the name of this. Fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so so yeah, if cause, I because we're not going to talk about it for any kind of ill reason or any kind of negative reason. Yeah. It's just you know we we can talk about it because it happened. 
I, okay. I wish it didn't happen. It did. And we, you know, and that's that. So. All right. Let me give you my perspective. I'm driving. So I live uh, in Brighton, 12 Corners area. Okay. So I go down Park Ave. No, it's not infrequent that I'm going down Park Ave. And I'm going down Park Ave one time. And I see something along the lines of shakes and plates or plates and shakes or something. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I text you and I'm like, dude, you opened on Park Ave. And you're mm-hmm. like, no, I did not. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. And then. Let me tell you something, brother. Yeah. And you were like, and let me tell you something about that. So. You take it from there. What happened there? Because that you seemed upset. It was very that. upsetting. The whole thing was very upsetting. It uh, wasn't you. You didn't open on Park Ave. No. But Plates and Shakes is you. Your Plates and Shakes. That is our brand. Yeah. Yeah, that is our brand. Um, yeah. So actually, within a one-month time, it was kind of weird that this happened, but I kind of took it as a compliment. Actually, I took it as a compliment across the board. Totally. Okay. Yeah. And I had to talk to three different establishments. And two of them were very, very, very um, receiving. They were very, um, they were apologetic, but I made it very clear that I'm not, I, I, I don't think anything here was done with ill will. I don't think anything was like, oh, you know, you know, F Jimmy Z's, you know, yeah. you know. Uh, they well, can I be clear? What you're saying is somebody opened up a place, they started saying plates and shakes, mm-hmm. and you went to them and you said, hey, listen, I actually own mm-hmm. plates and shakes. Mm-hmm. I own a trademark on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and two of the three said, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. I'll get it changed right away. Mm-hmm. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah. And it was two different instances. One was a ghost kitchen. So it was a ghost kitchen that um, it, that uh, doesn't even have a storefront, but they were on Grubhub. They were online as a, AJ's Plates and Shakes. Got it. I just said, hey, listen, you know, we got this trademark. I said, you know, I've done a really hard. I've done, I've done, I've done, I, I've really worked hard to separate myself from the HOTS community and create our own community. Mm-hmm. And um, that's really, I think, the, one of the reasons why we have such a great relationship with Nick Tahoe's. You know, for them to acknowledge us on Twitter when we close and, you know, to give us best wishes and to congratulate us when we reopen. The OG, man. Yeah, yeah. This, the, 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 this is like when The Rock does the goosebumps, okay? <laughs> like, this is the OG. Yeah. The place that doesn't acknowledge anybody who does plates, okay? Yeah. And to have that acknowledgement and to have that mutual respect, because they get it from us. You walk into Jimmy Z's, there's a three-page article out of the 85 Tom, Times Union about the legacy of Nick Tahoe's. And if it wasn't for that, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. I have all the respect in the world for not only them, but everybody in the plate community. And I have all the respect for the people on Park Avenue that are trying to do their business. Okay? I do at the end of the day. But they acknowledge that we have gone outside the box and we have tried to have our own identity with still acknowledging the culture and respecting the culture. And... The fact that they acknowledge us, I know I've done my job there, right? Done your job. You know. Okay, but the yeah. story, the third restaurant. Of so the now the third restaurant, um, this was end of February, okay? And uh, they hadn't opened up until I think July. Okay. And I ended up running in, you know, to the owner. And I introduced myself because he's somebody whose family I've known my whole life. But I, okay. I've never met him. And I said, you know, I'm so-and-so. I said, you know, your great-grandfather and my grandfather were best friends, I said. They, I grew up in the neighborhood. Your grand, they used to live in the same neighborhood. I grew up seeing your great-grandfather knocking on my door all the time. 
you know, he had just lost his grandfather, wished him condolences on his grandfather, you know. I said, listen, we've known each other for a very long time. I said, I've, I've worked very long for the Plates and Shakes name. It's our domain. It's our handle. It's our brand. I would really appreciate it if I'm trying to catch you before you print anything, before you do anything, because I'm just, I'm asking you to not use our brand. And you have a trademark. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they, um, the first meeting was, was kosher, you know. All right, well, like, you know, let me talk to whatever, whatever, yada, yada, yada. All right, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And then the second meeting was not as kosher. And it was, I talked to who I have to talk to. I'm good to go. So basically, like, go, go after yourself. Yeah. So I tried a third time and I actually ran into um, his parents that, like, it's kind of similar to Poppy and I. Poppy and I run the restaurant together. It's a family business, okay? They're trying to do the same thing. I'm, I'm not against it. There's nothing, you know, I, I wish them all the best. Yeah. So I said, maybe I can talk to them. It was not any better. And I said, I said what I said. They said, you know, they felt that there was no protection on two plain words like that. And they felt that, and I just said, listen, I'm trying to do everything I possibly can to avoid a lawsuit. And the last thing I was said, and the last thing I was told, was you do what you have to do. And from that point forward, I had never said anything else again. Uh, I went in my car, and from that point forward, I did what I had to do. Called the lawyer yeah. said, we're now, suing Now, mind him. you, in between the second and third meeting, I had already sent a cease and desist that they completely ignored. Right. They didn't even respond to it. Right. And, um, and uh, the whole thing was unnecessary. The whole thing was unnecessary. I hate that it happened. These are people of our community. Um, I did everything I could to protect our brand. And nobody used the two words, plates and shakes, before we did. We chose to do that so we could have our own identity. Okay. Unfortunately, people have just erased Nick Tahoe's and put what town they're in and set hots after. And we are just not a copy and paste hots joint. We never have been. We never will be. And we just want to be left alone. And we want to be able to continue doing our brand and showing our version of what we do while acknowledging everybody else that does it because we're all doing it for the same reasons. I totally get where you, what you were saying about how you're proud of the fact that because like you said, Tahoe's created this brand hot, right? Hots. And everybody made hots joints. And you were like, we're not going to do Brockport hots. We're not going to be Brockport hots. No, we're going to be. That's why. Well, that's why we did Jimmy Z's Texas hots first. I wanted the Texas in there. I, the, initial, the reason why we were Jimmy's East Texas Hots from 03 until, was it, 2017 was because I didn't want to blend in with another copy and paste Hots joint. And then when the food truck came out, I said, if I'm taking this truck to Buffalo and if I'm taking this truck, going to try to, who knew, who knew then? Like, we, we take this to festivals. I'm not going to answer to everybody what a Texas Hot is and we're from Brockport, New York. <laughs> yeah. So I said, Texas Hot has got to go. That was a, a lot of the big reasoning behind it. And I said, plates and shakes rhymes. It goes good. Nobody uses anything like this. I feel complimented to know that there's places now that are called plates on ridge. That's I, a compliment. It is, right? I mean, that's you created. It's a, it's a, culture, it's a culture compliment. Yeah. We were the first place to do a quarter plate. We called it the princess plate. Yeah. Nobody had a quarter plate on their menu until we did that was a compliment to see that the that that caught on 
okay? Somebody made a half plate once and it caught on. God bless them, you know? And that's where the trademark started. Somebody started using princess plate. That's right when we started getting into trademarks and protecting our brand. And even that meeting with that gentleman went so good. Mm -hmm. He knew who I was. We had met before. I remembered when he said something. I said, listen, I got a trademark on princess plate. I said, you know, if, you know, if for some reason you started using it before us, sure we can work something out okay uh, in the meantime i said if you're anything like me i print thousands of menus at a time okay so how much paper product do you have left okay with your current with your current stuff he goes probably about 10 months i said if when next menu comes out if you could please change it i would appreciate see it. that is so nice of you i didn't tell him to throw the paper out no you said use it up and i get it you spent money on those things i mean that is that is extremely kind of there's you. nothing malicious happening here yeah there's nothing malicious that's a compliment but when you go to say listen compliment take uh, compliment accepted but this is business so what happened with the dicks on park Ave? that's my language not yours <laughs> we and uh, we uh, uh, they they we ended up getting the judgment you know, okay. so they had to change the name. Very, you know, just what I was trying to do before anything happened. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, lo I love that you beat them. That's fucking awesome. I don't. I, I for, for the record, n n nothing about this I, I enjoyed. I get it. Uh, I get nothing it. Nothing at all. But um, I love that they threw toot at you. They threw, they threw toot, man. They threw some attitude at you. They st they still think I'm I'm the worst person on earth and that I'm at fault. But hey, that's another story for another day. Yeah. Okay. Best wrestling match ever. What's your favorite, Matt? you got to boil it down to one. You can't do the thing where you say, well, there's two, oh, there's three. Best wrestling number one match of all time. Favorite match. My favorite match of all time. Oh, man. Come on, dude. It's tough. Can I say that they happened in the Sky Dome? Because there was two different ones. <laughs> hey, you, go, you did the thing. You did the two. There's two. I did, I did the thing. I did the thing. <laughs> um, I mean, honestly, if I had to talk modern, not, I mean, I'm not going to go with the WrestleMania 3 nonsense um, because, you know, clearly Macho and, you know, Steamboat. But um, I'm going to say that one of my favorite matches to go back and watch and it's not because of just the match. It's the crowd. And it's the atmosphere. And it's electric. Rock Hogan. It was. It was, it was unreal. Rock I, I still Hogan. get the chills. When, when Hogan hulks up at the end of that match, yeah. I get the yeah. chills. To this day, if we put that on, I would get the yeah. chills. I do get the chills when he comes out for WrestleMania three because there's nothing more raw. Yeah. Than a wrestling fan from '87 to, I mean, I think it started dying down right around '90, 90, '91. But that '87 crowd, when Hulk was the ju like the, the, the juiced up yeah. more than he ever had been, yeah. you know, uh, you know, and he was so chiseled that the cross was bouncing off of his pecs. <laughs> but it, it was the crowd. The crowd in Toronto. They would not have had the crowd if it was anywhere else. There's something special about Toronto. I went to a U2 concert there, and I fell in love with U2 being at that concert. Wow. Not Toronto. that I hated them before. I don't yeah. hate them. Yeah. Always a band worth seeing. Yeah. At the time, took one of my head cooks. I said, we're going to Toronto. We're going to see U2. We find some tickets on Craigslist. I bought them for... I bought them for two, 
200 a piece 250 something like that 250 a piece i paid for them and they tried to hustle me to tell me like oh meet me here meet me there like the train's gonna be crazy i said listen i've been a sold out ball games like just meet me at the stadium i'll meet you there then when we get there she tries telling me oh i had so many more offers you know after you i was like well it's a good thing you're a woman of your word i appreciate it here's her money <laughs> so after she tells me people were offering her more i actually resold them <laughs> You're such a businessman. I love it. We got in the concert for free. <laughs> That's great. We bought the tickets for 500 I sell them for 7 Yeah. We bought two. And, and our experience, if we kept these seats, would not have been the experience we had because we bought general admission floor tickets. These were like three or four rows off of the floor okay. on, in seats. Can't move around. Get $75 general admission seats like literally before the show starts. Leaves us 50 bucks left. We each get... A couple beers and we scored a ten dollar joint and the rest is all history nice. and we basically pulled out of there for a free ride that's great that's great yeah you can't make this kind of stuff up all right my favorite and i feel like you have to know the context of late 90s ecw didn't come on till two o'clock in the morning in northeast ohio on friday night and I went to school, so I'd been up since 7 o'clock in the morning, but I would stay up until 2 a.m. to watch ECW, and I loved Raven, and Raven and Tommy Dreamer had a feud that lasted years, and Dreamer never beat him. He never won. They held true. You know that 50-50 booking bullshit that happens these days? Man, Raven beat Dreamer every single time. Yeah, I wasn't a huge ECW guy like that, like you were back okay. in the day. Then. All right. So it, there was something cultish about it. ECW had a cultish thing of going course. to it. And the fact that you had to stay up until 2 a.m., you felt like you were earning it and also that you were seeing something you almost weren't the supposed under, to see. The underground fans were the ECW fans. It was the under, yeah. So anyway, Loser Leaves Town, 1996. Everybody knows because now it's called the Dirt Sheets, but back then it was all about the hotlines. Remember the hotlines? You called the hotline for the scoop? Mean Gene. <laughs> Everybody knew Raven's leaving ECW. He's going to WCW. And uh, and so we know Dreamer's going to finally win a match. He's mm -hmm. finally going to win. Comes down to the end of the match. Dreamer, I, I, I think I'm getting this right. I have to go on YouTube and fact check myself. But Dreamer DDT's Raven. It's this long, big match. So much drama, everything. Oh, my God. He's finally going to do it. He's finally going to beat Raven. One, two. No. Raven kicks out. Raven somehow gets up. DDT's Dreamer. And you're like, no. Because he's never lost to Tommy Dreamer. He has never lost. I never kicked out of a DDT. And you're going, oh, my God. Like, they're really going to let. You're going, oh, my God. They're really going to let – Raven's going to win this? Joey Styles. One, two, and Dreamer gets the shoulder up. He gets the shoulder up, and then this is the famous one. that You've seen the highlight of a thousand times, even if you didn't watch ECW. Whatever, whatever happens, Dreamer gets the upper hand again, holds Raven for the DDT, looks at the camera and says, EC fucking W. Do you know that clip? Yes. Yes. That's that match. DDT's Raven, one, two, three. Raven is out of town. He has I have to leave seen, I have seen that that part of the history now that there's so many, you know, docs This is a famous like thing, that. too. Though there's a famous thing that happens after this. This is what people remember about this match. Not only do you get the end of that feud, you get Raven loser leaves town, you get Dreamer beats Raven for the first time ever. Lights go out. They come back on, Rob Van Dam. Uh, Dreamer takes out Van Dam. Lights go out. They come back on. Sabu. 
Dreamer takes out Sabu. Lights go out. They come back on. Jerry the King Lawler from WWF yeah, is now, in ECW Arena. And it was shortly after that when they did Raw. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was right Wait, at the beginning was, of the Ra- was, Ra- was Raven at Raw? I can't remember. It, my- it was. I don't know because he ended up going to WCW before WWF. No, but no, but was Raven still with WCW when they did their Raw the invasion? Stuff? I don't think that he was. I don't think so either. I think he was in WCW. I would think he, he was on Nitro by then. Yeah, I think. I so. remember him being on Nitro pretty early because I, I watched every Nitro and every. I mean, we Monday Night Wars were were a thing definitely. Like every Monday, it was back and forth. Well, so Lawler shows up in the ECW arena, and I mean, that was, that had to be legitimately kind of scary. And I get that people are listening to this right now going, oh my God, you it's know fake. it's fake, right? It's fake. No, there was like wrestling wars, and this was a WWF guy mm-hmm. showing up in this tiny little bingo hall in Philadelphia to, to basically uh, antagonize this crowd of drunk philly people and be like screw all you wwf is better than this shitty little promotion yep and it was so amazing it's great it was great i remember when ecw showed up to um you know to uh, the wwf um pay-per-view yeah you know because oh, they yeah. were in philly yeah and everyone yeah. was calling ec dub ec dub so then what happened was the next time they were in philly they you know that's when you know mcmahon business mcmahon yep. is business yeah okay um and you know he had him there in the front row yeah. All right, bro. Thanks for doing this. Thanks I, for coming to my house. Well, cool. I appreciate it, even though I went to the cannery to- <laughs> first, forgot all about it. That's all right. That's all right. No big deal. I was already in Brockport. You know, I, doing, I love you, buddy. Doing Thank you stuff. for your friendship. Well, I appreciate you too, man. You know, you've been uh, fantastic to me uh, since, you know, we met. Uh, I'm just a know. big fan. Um, you know, I'm a huge fan too. No, no, I'm a big fan. I look at you and I go, because I love entrepreneurship, and I look at you and I go, that's a freaking entrepreneur, man. Well, that's a dude. I appreciate it, you know, and I think that, uh, but you know, I, I don't let, I don't let entrepreneurship or the word really um, kind of, you know, that that creates a lot of fuzz and cloud in what you're really trying to do. Okay, I, don't, I actually don't even like the word entrepreneurship. I have to be honest with you. Really? No, I don't. What? Because you've. What do you think? Because it it's big, because it's a trendy word. Okay. And people think and it has become that. You're right. It's trendy. When someone says I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know what I want to be, yeah. that pisses me off. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what makes me hate the word. You're so right. Okay, because you want to be you want to be a thing because it's a thing. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't always trendy. Was it always trendy to be an entrepreneur though? No. It wasn't right. Like no. it, I it was, feel it was, like it is now. It You're tre- right. It was trendy to be a doctor. You're so it right. It was trendy to be you know a CEO, <laughs> but. You know, and don't get me wrong, social media has done that, and Gary Vee, my man, he's done that too, yeah. but people throw it around today like it's nothing, and, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. Mm, you haven't really done much. Like a status symbol. It's kind a status of thing. symbol. Yeah, ah, you're right. It's I a hope- status symbol. Shit, now I'm feeling like I come off like that. Damn it. I, I no. don't mean it like that. I mean, I look at it through but like you Don't been- get me wrong. Someone with credibility can use the word. Okay. Someone that says, I want to be an entrepreneur, but I don't know what I want to be, cannot use the word. Okay, you're right. You're okay, right. they want to be something because they see what it's like to be it on, on, on paper. Oh, can, can we talk about entrepreneur buzzwords too, by the way? Because you're making, because I feel like if you are making money doing the business you started, okay, you, you are an entrepreneur. But the, have you ever heard of, this is so funny. Have you ever heard, oh, yes, I have a business. Oh, really? What's your revenue? We are pre-revenue. <laughs> have you ever heard that? I don't even know what pre-revenue is, because I don't know. Because I've I, I've I, I've never I've never I've never done pre-revenue. Pre-revenue. 
it's a thing. It's a thing. They say that's a buzz thingy. They say we're pre-revenue. We're still in the development stage. We're so that, still in the so, R&D so, stage. so that's me. So that's saying I've done business cards and that's about it. Okay. I started my business and I have an idea. That's another thing too. Nobody's that thing having a business card makes them an entrepreneur. I've still to this day have never printed a business card. I, I did one time and they all ended up in the garbage. I, I put them, I went to do festivals and I would put out gar, um, my business cards and people would take them because it was a cop out because that's how they don't buy a jar of sauce. Is oh, they thanks. Say, oh, I'll take your card. How many times have you taken a card and actually kept it? Oh, I put it, sometimes I'll put it in my phone if I like. But, but the, uh, but so then I would have to take my garbage down to the garbage every couple hours doing these festivals. And the one time I printed business cards, you know, I went down to the nearest garbage, you know, right? Saw a couple dozen of my business cards in there. They yeah. were taking it and just throwing it right in the freaking trash. That's how I feel when I see my t-shirts at Goodwill. I said, really? what, did I, what did I do to you, man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for coming, man. Thank of course. You. Thank you for having me.